It's a weird time uh, for everybody, you know, uh, with everything going on. Um, it's inescapable to just, you know, learn that uh, uh, the Supreme Court overturned Roe. It seems like the, the reasoning legally seems like it was because of uh, the the foundation on which it was set more than the actual right itself, I guess. Um, so if I understand it correctly, it looks like it's going back to the states, essentially. So, you know what I mean? It's it's essentially dependent more on your state than it is just nationally. Um, but um, I think a bigger concern might be is um, for, for Christians and non-Christians alike, especially for Christians who are kind of losing their sense of identity and belonging in the church. Um, you know what I mean? Because they're, for them, they're, their thoughts are, they see in a lot of cases how, I think, partisan and, I guess, um, you know, sometimes overly conservative the, the church can be. I know that might upset some people to hear me say that, but, you know, you know my heart, you know where I'm at, so give me the benefit of the doubt, if you will. Um, but I think they see that, and they say, well, I don't see that as consistent with, with Christ, and then some people who are in the more conservative side, say, well, I think it absolutely is with Christ, so where in the world do we go with this, you know? Um, it For me, it hits particularly harder. Um, many of you already know, because we've told you, if you haven't, um, this whole conversation has a completely different spin on it for Casey and, Casey and me, because um, we recently suffered our own miscarriage. Um... I'm not sure the official term of exactly what happened, but we were pregnant, and we are not anymore. Um, somewhere around eight weeks in, I think. Um, I don't know, but... And so for me, uh, I think of... Uh, if you've seen Superman and Lois, which is a very good show. Um, usually super superhero shows don't always do very well, but um, this one's actually not bad. Um, they talk about... Lois talks about in her counseling session, how she had gone through a miscarriage and the things that she says, like, I just really wanted to meet her. I was so excited to meet her. I was looking forward to that, you know? And for us, it's not, it's not so simple for us to just be like, well, they weren't born, so they weren't our child, you know? Well, they were to us, you know? And so I think for us, it has a whole different dimension because we were looking forward to what should have been. <laughs> but as the creeds so beautifully say, we believe in Jesus. And as the song says, you finish what you begin. And forever we will say, you are the Lord our God. And as we contemplate our own loss, deeming it no less so real because we wanted it 
to come into existence. To come into a full life. I also know that many of my friends who are not on the pro-life side, the pro-choice side, are afraid. And I don't think it's right for me to, at that time, to belittle and uh, maybe do victory laps, if you will. I, I understand that's not what everybody's intent is. That's not what a lot of people are doing when they're like, we're thankful this happened, you know what I mean? Um, I mean I'm trying to be careful to avoid doing that on both sides, you know, one side or the other. Um, because we're complex creatures, you know. And I guess my thought is, where do we take it from here? Where, how do we, how do we learn to love each other again? When both sides are very certain that the other side is their absolute enemy. And not just their enemy, but someone who's trying, who's out to destroy them and their rights and their liberties. You know what I mean? Um... For one side, that's, they're taking away my decision to control my body if something happens, you know, to me, one way or the other. Um, for the other side, they're saying, like, you're killing the lives that would come into existence without you interfering, you know? And, and I think, at the very least, what we as Christians have the obligation to do is to reaffirm the ways in which we are going to help single mothers, help single women, protect people who need our protection and our, and our, and our funds if, if necessary, and many of them will, to, to be willing to show mercy and kindness, to be willing to mow somebody's lawn when they don't have time for it, to be willing to buy diapers for people, to be willing to take people into our own homes, as many people do, and there are many people on the pro-life side and the pro-choice side who do that for people, who do welcome them into their home. I've seen examples of people who do that where people come into their house and they live there for weeks or a month or a year or more because they look at it as it's their duty, as they love Christ, to love somebody who's in need. They do that even while they're maybe conservative and pro-life or maybe they're liberal and pro-choice, and they do that because they know it's the right thing to do. And I think it may be the time for us who are on the, those of us who are on the pro-life side to reaffirm a broader pro-life stance. You know, maybe you believe in the free market. Maybe you don't believe in, in government-controlled economies, but maybe we ought to consider, you know, at the very least, if, it'll, if it will ease the suffering of people, if it will ease the tension for people, if it will give them a way that they can see themselves having a child more more easily to have paid maternity leave even if it's simple and and child care and and health care and education costs much more covered if it will help them are we willing to say that's not something i thought i would have supported because i think things should be determined by the market you know even if we think well it's not really being determined now because things are you know, weirdly controlled one way or the other, even if they're not state-controlled yet completely, you know what I mean? It's like in that murky middle, making it not wholly one thing or the other. But are we willing to give that up to love our neighbor? 
I understand the arguments for both sides. I do. I've thought through it a lot. But I've been thinking more and more that if I support, like, let's say I support a free market, for example, because I think, as in the cases of, like, China and India, where that's the the introduction of markets uh, into their those really population-dense countries has led to the, the extreme global poverty being halved ahead of UN targets. Uh, back in, I think it was like 2015 or something like that, where they, where they discovered that it was ahead of schedule because largely those countries had introduced the free market into it. Let's say, even if that's the case, am I willing to compromise to help love my neighbor some? And it's, I'm seriously asking it. It's not an arrogant thing that I'm trying to put on those who are your typical conservative Christian. It's an actual question is, if that would lead to, to a fuller life for people, to a life where people are, to where abortion isn't even something they want anymore because they don't have to worry about the cost of education or healthcare or if they get pregnant, if they're going to be able to afford to pay their bills when they after the baby's born or if they're going to have a place for their baby to be when they're at work. If they didn't have to worry about that and they were like, yeah, for, for that, I would choose life in that case. I understand the underpinnings are deeper than that. I know that they are. I, I understand. But would we be willing to say, okay, yeah. I mean, if we're willing to take them into our homes, we're willing to support food banks, we're willing to give things to people in need, are we willing to compromise on something like that? If it meant more life, liberty, and peace for people in our country and beyond. And it's a serious question I'm asking. Are we willing to embrace the possibility of a more robust pro-life stance so that we're not just anti-abortion? And I know for many of us, we're not just anti-abortion. We really do want to help these people with our lives, with our time, with our money. I know that we do. And for some of us, maybe it is that simple. Maybe some people do just, I just don't want people to be able to, to kill the things, but I don't really care what happens after that. Maybe at the root of some of our lives, that's what we think. I think for the majority of us, it's not that simple, but for some of us, maybe it is, and God help us if it is, because that is not the way of Christ. You see, because I think sometimes we get into this mode where we look at at these people, and we just say, well, that's not been my experience, so they shouldn't think that way, you know what I mean? You know, you know, in my day, people didn't, people just, if they got pregnant, they had the kids, it's that simple, you know what I mean? But... You know, it, it does, if you're still listening by now, remind me of when the Black Lives Matter movie started out. At first, a lot of us on the white evangelical side were like, when, you know, when people were getting maybe booed for saying all lives matter because, you know, it kind of missed the point for them uh, and they didn't understand it really. It was like, oh, oh, really? They're booing? They're shutting down all lives matter? Wow. You know what I mean? Like, that was the thinking. And for some of us, it still is. Even if it's not for me. But what I had to realize for myself was that maybe I don't see it this way. And maybe I should say, well, maybe the black community shouldn't feel this way. But they do feel this way. When I learned to listen to them, it changed my mind a little bit. It told me I need to stop for a minute and to stop assuming what they should feel, what they should experience, what their experience must have been, or how they must have responded to it if they ended up in this circumstance, and confess that if I believe in a world in which sin distorts, that there's got to be some chance that it can distort these people's experiences in the same way it's distorted mine, just in a different shape, in a different form. 
Because sometimes, let's just be honest, on the conservative evangelical side, some, and I'm not saying that I'm identifying as purely conservative evangelical, I'm really not, but for those who would kind of lean into that or come from that milieu, I think we do kind of look at it as, like, that's not been my experience, and that's not been the experience of people I know, therefore it must not exist. Or therefore, if they're going through it, they should still very easily do what I think they should do in that circumstance. So maybe we ought to learn to listen a little more. Not post as much. And listen. Not because, again, me going through what I've gone through, the baby that we lost is no less for me. Our child simply because we wanted him to come into existence. That's not changing for me. It's just not, okay? It just won't. But I think of someone who may be a woman who did get pregnant. Or maybe she was raped and she doesn't have family nearby or she doesn't have family that cares and there's not a lot of resources available to her and she doesn't have a high-paying job or a job that, that's willing to support her through a pregnancy and beyond. I mean, can you imagine that terror? What am I going to do with this? Even if she wants to have the baby and even if she says, I don't think an abortion is the right decision for me. You know what I mean? What are her options? Again, hear my heart here. My thoughts haven't necessarily changed. But maybe my experience of it would look very different if that were me. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's a lot more complex than that. So please don't put words into my mouth. Don't assume where I'm coming from or don't assume where I'm going with this. I'm saying, can we at the very least say that we should do way more for these people than we have? And not because many of us haven't been trying. I know tons of conservative Christians, again, who give a lot of their time and a lot of their money to people in need, especially to pregnant mothers and to crisis centers and to places where women can go and have a safe house if there's some idiot ex who's following them because they need to be run over with a truck, even if that's not the right thing to do, but even if that's what I think they deserve based on how they treated this person. And they, and they do support these places. I'm just saying, can we, as I think it's Philippians says, can we consider others as better than ourselves for a moment and say this isn't about us for a moment and listen? Maybe that doesn't change your underlying conviction, but maybe it does change the fact that you're listening and the fact that you're willing to talk about it and the fact that you're willing to say, I'm willing to support a policy like this that would help those people more, even if it goes against that strictly free market orthodoxy that I was raised in or something. You know what I mean? Even if I think it's the best solution out there against poverty, even if my solution isn't greed is good. You know, like Gordon Gekko said in Wall Street in 1989. You know? Maybe if that isn't my underlying opinion, maybe if it's if it's someone like um, someone like uh, the CEO of Hope International, whose name eludes me right now, who who in his case of working in in the elimination of poverty in, in microfinance views market forces as something that can be used positively. His thing isn't great as good. His thing is this is the best tool to fight poverty. Does that mean he can't say maybe we could do something more on this side, which is, you know, a bit of a compromise on the pure free market orthodoxy, but for the sake of loving my neighbor, I'm open to saying, Lord, I'm willing to do more. I'm willing to change how I look at it. Not necessarily because my intentions were in the wrong place and not necessarily because my goals were wrong. We all want to see poverty eliminated, I think. We all want to see people taken better care of. But are we willing to look at some of those things and say, if this will e bring that better outcome, am I willing to contemplate it? 
And maybe right now, some of the people who are afraid, whether you think it's justified or not, maybe our response does need to be, hey, I'm here for you. And not to, not to take a victory lap and be like, oh, thank God it was overturned. You know what I mean? Or to say, by the way, I think you're deadly wrong, but I'm going to love you. You know, love the sinner, hate the sin. You know, like that ever does any good to say to people. But to just shut up for once. And say, I'm here for you. And when they say, I don't understand, it doesn't make any sense how anybody could support the overturn of this. Because, you know, it could lead to this and this. And for people in poverty, it could look like this. And, and, and I don't understand how people can sit back and say, oh, it's fine. It's not a big deal. And this is better in the long term. Listen. It's not always an argument that needs to be won. You understand? As that old, silly, but quite poignant John Rubin song once said, are we debating just to win the argument? I understand. None of this is that simple. I've probably missed the mark for some of my friends who are on, on the pro-choice side of it who I, I'm trying to represent it as fairly as I can, and, and maybe they think I'm wrong, and that's okay. But I pray they'd hear my heart in this. I pray they hear that that I'm trying. And for people on the, on the pro-life side of it, too, you know, where I tend to be closer to, the challenge might seem like I'm missing the point, like like maybe maybe I'm reaching too much, or maybe I'm misunderstanding it, or maybe maybe I don't see all the stuff we're already doing. I don't know. But at the very least, I think what I am calling for, for those who are on the pro-life side, is myself included, can we listen a little more? Can we serve a little more? Can we give a little more? And can we can we support some things that would do a lot more to support people who are afraid, not because at the end of the day they're just sitting there eager to do whatever the heck they want, but because life situations are very hard for them and they don't have anyone to turn to. Are we open to that? Because I think we should be open to economically supporting these people, even on a federal level, if that means supporting childcare more or supporting something like a basic income or something, even if we want to do it in the most efficient and effective way possible. There's room to talk about the logistics of it. Absolutely, there is. But it doesn't mean that all of our hearts are in a different and bad place because the policy may look different. You know what I'm saying? All this is a long way around to say, I do believe in Jesus. And I know he's called us to love these people, to listen more, to welcome them, to see where they're coming from, to treat them as better than ourselves when things are going well for us especially, to treat others as better than yourselves, as Christ treated us better than, him, than, than uh, himself in Philippians 2, the suffering servant, as it points to Isaiah. Because the last thing the world needs is more yelling from us. But it absolutely needs a church who comes and binds up the wounds of the hurting and calms the fears of the anxious and the mentally ill, and proclaims freedom and good news to the captives, and proclaims the year of the Lord's favor that God is making all things new. The Lord our God is ever faithful, never changing through the ages. The psalmist says, I will be satisfied and seeing your likeness. 
Can that light not be a light to people who are hurting even now? And again, whether we think they should be hurting or not, can we listen and say, maybe they can teach me where I'm missing the point? Maybe our convictions don't change. As I mentioned before, I'm not saying mine has, it hasn't. But it sure taught me to listen more. We believe in Jesus, even as we learn to love better. Beloved, may the Lord bless you and keep you all the days of your life. And I pray for anybody out there who is anxious, you know, that at the very least you're in my prayers and my thoughts. And I'm, both Casey and me are here for you. And undoubtedly, there are other people out there who are there for you as well. May God give us the grace to listen to one another.